We are good. All right. Yay! Sorry. (laughs) This has been a moment in the planning. (laughs) I know. When you plan a bunch and then it finally happens. All right. Are we recording? Yep, we're good. Sweet. So I'm Larissa Renee here with business partner, best friend Shonda. AKA Panda. We (laughs) are Army of Dreamers. We are here with the beautiful and very talented Miss Lauren Elise. Hello, hello. (laughs) It's a long time coming with everything. So do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Lauren Elise, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I am a singer, songwriter, storyteller, healer, Mm. and whatever else I choose to be that day. Amen. I'm happy. Yeah, go off your vibe for the day. Thank you for having me. Thanks for committing because that's a bigger thing you know you make plans with a bunch of people and then Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily fall through absolutely so you've got a busy life going on these days so i remember okay backstory army of dreamers is also paired up with two other entities um speaking in tongues and the yes life and we do a show um locals only where it's literally an intimate concert for specifically geared solely for local artists and our very first one was it our very first one that you did yes i think so i'm pretty sure it was the very first yes one. Was it at the mock right yeah yep oh, at the mock mm-hmm. lauren elise was one of our <laughs> first lineup and that's when i first met her and i was super stoked and then you did it again for us and i was I like did. look at her coming through <laughs> for being able to um do you was that like one of your first shows because I hadn't heard of you since like prior to that well you know what I think I've been I've been playing for a very long time so it wasn't my first by any means but I think for that particular kind of audience Mm. it was Mm. among the first I think there's a certain uh, for lack of better words culture Mm. that you all cultivate with that platform um so in that respect, it was definitely among the first. And it was quite an experience. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd, you know, sometimes you go to like gigs and um, people come mm-hmm. to listen to music, quote unquote. Yeah. But they're not really there to listen to music. They're coming to turn up, oh which yeah. is great, right? But also as musicians, you know, we're not, some of us for the most part, we're not mm-hmm. just there to, you know, be background music. We got stories to right. tell. Yeah. So Locals Only was dope in that um, kind of similar to um, what's that that platform? Uh, so Far Sounds. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's an yeah, intimate far. space where people are coming to listen to the music, to engage with the artist yes. and experience the, the story, if you will. So that was dope. <laughs> and I will forever remember my first uh, <laughs> Locals Only. It was sick because I was like the only person with like yeah. Live music, like playing mm-hmm. my guitar. And I was nervous because it was like, yeah. everybody's got the DJ. Am I going to lose them? But I did not lose no, them. No, <laughs> that's what you need, though. You need those elements. And that's what I try yeah. to like make sure, you know, with any lineup is there's like a variation. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just have DJ music and artists that have the um, automated sounds. You want Absolutely. people that's actually who have instruments because that's a part of music. That's the culture you don't want to lose. Absolutely. So that was very dope. It was so dope. <laughs> Do you remember the very first show that you've ever performed? Pardon me, let me ponder. Oh <laughs> Are we talking like under the under my performance name, Lauren Elise, or like when I first ever oh, performed? So you weren't always Lauren Elise. I mean, so Lauren Elise is my name, but you know, like what was your performance? Name? My yeah. career. Gotcha. 
Let's do you know, um, one of each. So like when you first just, you know, I can play, I can sing, here I am. Right, right, right. So let's start with that. I've been singing, I'm told, since I was two years old. Okay. Of course, I probably don't have those memories. I'll, I'll be trying, but <laughs> oh, dig deep into the psyche. The, most, the best voices are the kids that start young. My parents are very adamant about the fact, like, for as long as I could speak, I've been trying to sing. Okay. And I was um, obsessed with Whitney Houston. Yeah. <sighs> May the goddess rest in peace. I still feel her energy. I'm convinced she's like a guardian angel of mine. She might be. But <laughs> she really she really might be. But um, I remember, <laughs> it wasn't even like a performance performance. Mm -hmm. It was, um, but I counted as one. I was performing in front of like family and friends. My aunt was all like, oh my, my niece can sing, y'all. <laughs> so I got up there and I was nervous and I didn't want to sing. I was like, oh goodness. And so my sister, who's like 15 months younger than me, mm -hmm. she hops up, she's a kid. She's like, well, I'll sing it. And she starts singing and I lost my shit. I said, <laughs> no, this is she my blowing, stage. She was doing her thing. Oh, I got very possessive of yeah. the mic. And I said, mm -mm. it was like video footage of me pushing her out the way and just going off. <laughs> Yes. my little face off so that was that's like the earliest memory i actually have of performing right. in front of you know people mm -hmm. um and then as far as like career wise if you will like when i actually started to mm -hmm. pursue music as a career yeah that first sort of performance was at the you yeah yeah university of dayton Okay. Um, Dayton. Yeah, you, know, you know my relationship with ud is, is problematic some good and some bad but um it's still a part of my experience, so yeah. I gotta, I gotta. Claim so did it. you go to UD? Yeah, I did. I, I did not know. I that. graduated in 2013. Oh, nice. Double major in a PR and women and gender studies. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's where <laughs> you know my career actually began to blossom. That's when I I picked up the guitar summer of '09. Okay. So um, I was going through some very intense issues at UD. It's a PWI, predominantly right. white institution. Yes. Yeah. And some of the experiences that students of color um, endure at that institution mm -hmm. are very nasty mm -hmm. and just downright brutal. Mm -hmm. um, and so music became more than just I don't know. I guess a hobby or whatever became my coping mechanism, right? Yeah. Because I was ready to get up out of there. Yeah. I was calling my mom every like I can't do this. She's freaking out because that's a whole different generation. My mom didn't go to school. She just knew she wanted her children to go. Yeah. So I'm calling her and I'm going through these things that she doesn't even really understand. She gets, you know, racism and stuff. She's like, You gotta get this education. I don't know what to do. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, UD is pretty racist. It like, is yeah, downright. Yeah. Downright. Not general, just I keep hitting this mic. In general, um, Ohio is yeah. racist, but Dayton is pretty bad. Dayton, I've heard things from that. about Miami University yeah. as well. There are a lot of institutions that um, really perpetuate a culture of racism, yeah. not just socially, but institutionally. Yeah. yeah, and it's that box that these kids grow up in. Like, mm -hmm. if you look at Dayton, a lot of the neighborhoods are not, you know, diverse. Mm -hmm. The ones that I grew up in was, but that's like two neighborhoods that's real. out of the whole city. That's and real. It's the stuff that happened, like the guy that was pledging, that uh, pledging alpha that got pushed out the window mm. or they say he committed suicide. It's a big yeah, gray area around that, him. but stuff like oh. that happens so frequently. Yeah. And then you have John Crawford who got shot at the Walmart in Beaver Creek. Mm -hmm. That's right around the corner. So <laughs> I mean, the things, I, I got stories for days yeah. that are just downright nasty uh, one of them I tell all the time my freshman year and you know UD also has a really 
or had. I, I haven't really been back to visit for real. Mm. But um, <laughs> it had a very um, intense drinking culture, you know, yeah. party, party central. Oh, God. Every institution. High school but kids was going to UD. UD was like, <laughs> turn up. With shout out, you know. We party. I'm not going <laughs> to learn about that. But, you know, even with, with alcohol, it just gets even worse. It, so it does. we went out one time and I had a, a white dude literally slap me in the face and call me a nigga. Really? Oh. I kid you not. I don't mean like back slap me, but like we were all chilling and he came up to me and like patted me in the face like three times, like wake up nigga. And in those moments you're like, you always say what you do if you're in a racist situation. Yeah. But in that moment surrounded by no one that looked like me, I'm like, what the hell is yeah. this? And then there's no process in place. Mm. to reprimand that kind of behavior or educate. Right. You know, they send you to the Office of Multicultural Affairs and they're like, oh, how do you feel? Pat you on the back and send you off. Try to but get you to talk to somebody. You know, but there's like. no system where I can report this and you get this child, you know? Yeah. So anyway, back on my point, um, <laughs> music became my coping mechanism. Like I just, I just started to write. Mind you, I was not, I probably knew like six chords. But that kind of experience you pushes the guitar, you. The aspiring yeah. guitar people, yeah. uh, shout out some hope. Because <laughs> I could sure. growing up, I could never afford like vocal lessons or yeah. guitar lessons. Some of those things I really wanted. So everything was self-taught for real. Right. I just listened to my favorite people over and over, mm -hmm. and I'd sing every part of the harmony. Mm -hmm. I belt, use my my head voice, just figure all those <laughs> things out myself. And um, I started to play a UD. Like I said, really a coping mechanism helped me like express myself in a different way. Mm -hmm. And in a strange twist of events, yeah. <laughs> um, I became like that girl at uh. UD. So I, my first real performance up there was this uh, little cafe, kind of open mic kind of thing called Thursday Night Live at R mm -hmm. Street. Got up there, banging away at this guitar, belting, but it, it worked. That's what's up. Did you? Yes. Nice. Which is interesting about my story. Um, that's how I really learned music. Is through writing my own. Okay. So I'll hear it, I'll pick something, figure whatever I start with, I hear it in my head and then I find the chords. Yeah. And then I learn what that chord is. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it's been that kind of process. That's what I was gonna ask you too, because I know it's different for all like different types of um, musical artists, like in the way that they process the like what they're writing into music. Because mm -hmm. like I can write all day long and I might be able to sing a song, but to write something and put it into a song, I can't hear it as a mm. song. So it's really interesting for me when people like have a, a shift or a method or a feeling in a way that they get to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like for me, it's not there. It's, I don't know. It's, it's hard. Definitely it's yeah, definitely it's, an it's art. Yeah, it's Like the way you talk about art. it, it's like yeah. you was meant to do it. It's yeah, just, exactly. It just comes to exactly. You, for real. <laughs> I'm always like, it's hard to explain. No, just, yeah. It's just, I don't know. And actually I'm in a phase right now where I'm not writing as much and mm -hmm. I'm very consciously forcing myself back into that writing space mm -hmm. like more stuff because I don't feel good if I don't write right yeah or sing they just hand to hand like if I'm not getting that out like I literally feel like a, a block in my energy mm -hmm. it's not a good space so when we came uh when we first started you mentioned you know you're a healer um mm -hmm. and yes. just hearing you talk I can hear that music is healing for you absolutely so is it fair to say that your way of healing or the your give back to the world is the music you create I think so I would say so I I want to also kind of preface that with I'm a a self-realized healer. Mm -hmm. I take that whole conversation very seriously because I think when you talk about healing and spirit world and that respect, it's a very serious matter. And we live in an age right now where it's it's very commercialized mm -hmm. and it's easy to, to profit from. And um, I think there are a lot of for lack of better words, false prophets, if you will, and yeah. false healers. <laughs> yeah. And not and I don't think a lot of them mean any harm. I think they do what they 
think they should be doing. They think it's cool and, and they're hopping into this thing. And I think that to lead someone into healing into certain spiritual wounds, that's a very, very serious task. Um, it's very sensitive and it's just a serious matter. Mm -hmm. So I do want to preface that by saying self-realize. I know I have a lot more to learn. Um, I've yet to find my spiritual mentor, if you will, to help right. me. Yeah. Right. And I think that's very important to have someone yeah. guide yeah. you through those rites of passages. Um, but at the same time, don't nobody know me like I know me. And yeah. I know what I feel. And I, I see how I affect other people right. when mm -hmm. I sing, right. when I communicate through And music. I think being conscious of self is big for healing other people. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people who are self-healing or, you know, they're offering these healing um I don't know what to call it, but the people who are, you know, the healers out there, the quote unquote, mm -hmm. the ones that are on Instagram and Facebook, mm -hmm. they're doing it. They're uh, shining positivity by how they're speaking, but they're really not mm -hmm. handling what's at home. Mm -hmm. They're not handling themselves. Ooh, so when you handle yourself intense. and you take that serious, yeah. you're able to help other people. It's serious business. Yeah. I think a lot of that too has to do with like, for me, is like being able to, um, understand as far as like connection so like because a lot of times we're going through a lot of things but we think it's just us going through mm -hmm. that and it's like oh let me get this out because it feels better for me but the reason why it's feeling better for someone else is because you are not alone yeah. and that's like a big thing for me as far as you know everything and I like even when we did a research assignment at school where we're we were creating a design on stress and anxiety and we went through a series of videos and the number one thing for me personally, because again, I can't speak for everyone, but it's knowing that there's a perspective out there that's very similar to mine. Absolutely. And that there's someone to put it into words. Because mm -hmm. that's the other thing too, is like, you might think you're fit, like the example of the video was this girl kept going to the doctor for stomach pains and they're like, oh, it's your bowels, oh, it's your intestines. And then one doctor was like, are you depressed? Mm. And so it's just like, having the terms and the words brought Absolutely. to you so you can understand it for yourself. But Absolutely. That's the second part of like knowing you of course. I can see that commercial. That's deep. Yeah, well it's actually <laughs> it's a video. It's a video. It's it was pretty awesome. Speaking so. of deep, I think your Instagram is very deep. Like when mm. you post pictures and stuff, um sometimes you say very little, sometimes you say a little more, but you always kinda put yourself out there on your Instagram. And it's mm -hmm. clear that you do it in a way that you're comfortable with as Absolutely. well. Um there was one post you did not too long ago and you posted a picture of you walking with your child. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so beautiful because one, nobody looks at Lauren and Elise and is like, Lauren is Lauren's Lauren has her son. She always posts yeah. on Instagram. Like you literally wouldn't know most of the time, mm -hmm. which is good. Some people, you know, they might not have their kids or be around their kids, but a lot of people who have their kids and love their kids very much. They, I feel like they over, um, mm -hmm. they, they offer that to the world too much. Yeah. Like I was telling Larissa one time, there's mm -hmm. people who I know who have kids. I feel like I've watched their kids grow up and yeah. I don't mm -hmm. even know them. So when mm -hmm. I see them yeah. with their kids in public, I'm going to be that person looking like, oh my God, they got so big. Mm -hmm. And the kid going to be looking at me like, who, do I know who you? are you? <laughs> I'm very serious about that. Um, I have some intense spiritual release of my own uh, about energy. And there was a point where I was po posting a lot about my son um, and as I grew and learned certain things, I put it to it and I went through that feed and deleted everything. There wasn't a lot of his face, but I would post little things. And even that picture was picture our feet, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I thought that was um, cool. That was so <laughs> and you know, a large part of that, like you said, a lot of, I think some people feel like some people just want to share and that's great that everybody got the right to do what they want. Some people I feel like, feel like they have to show every bit of everything right now. Right. Like we are with social media. Um, for me personally, 
That's my baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is new to this world. He mm-hmm. is that energy mm-hmm. is freshly manifested on this earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And energy is an interesting thing. We all still learning about it. Like our awareness isn't if it's even generally there, mm-hmm. you know, to to have this conversation about energy and the nature of it. Um and my thing is like he's just a fresh being. Yeah. I have no right to really and this is my opinion, not to shade anybody else. I don't feel like I have the right to Put his face everywhere, right? You know, for when he's eighteen and these images are still floating around, yeah. I don't want him looking at me like. Dang, and that's huh? what you said on the post. You yes. said basically, you know, <laughs> on the post you basically said you don't feel like you should be posting stuff like that mm-hmm. until he can actually he can co-sign and be like, on I'm cool level, with that yeah. on some level, and that's that's understandable. Like you said, we yeah. don't want to shade people who do it as often as they do, but I agree with you. Like I tell her all the time, I don't have kids yet, but yeah. when I do, I just don't feel like I'll be posting them all the time just because not only is it that spirit and you want to... I 100% agree with you. Like I want my child to not come into the... like When they come to the realization of what social media mm-hmm. is, to see this whole photo book of them and yeah. their life. Like I want them to have a physical book of photos at our house yeah. like my parents did. Yeah. But also I just don't want it's too many crazy people out there. Like I don't want people really Yes, that's my other point. Like <laughs> I don't want you can't really control kids. some of that energy. You know, I don't know. Every time I look up, somebody made a new meme out of somebody's baby, and I'll knock somebody out. You're not making yeah. no meme out of my baby. I don't play that. I don't play that. And I, we didn't grow up with that. Yeah. So those are certain like you know, dangers, if you will. That's a whole different sort of area. And I'm not even trying to figure it out. No, thank you. No. Nope. My child ain't on there. You want to see my baby? We friends. You can come over. Yeah. If you're not friends, you need to see <laughs> my baby. Yeah, so kudos. <laughs> Don't play that. There's <laughs> too much, you know, predatory energy out here. And not that you have to stay in that space. I'm not yeah. saying to live fearful, but you do have to be aware. And um, I'm, I'm more than aware when it comes to my seed. That's, oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start crying talking about it. That's my love. He is my love. Yeah, yeah you can tell. I like when you're like posting on your own Instagram and you're just saying like straightforward like this. I'm gonna quote you. Just say, (laughs) "Fuck it, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna live my fucking life, drink my fucking bourbon, and sing my fucking songs." I was like, "Yes," and that's what we gonna fucking do. And it just that also too reminds me of like being bold as far as like lyrics because it reminds me of like Amy when Mm. she's just like subtly straightforward to you about like what it is that she's feeling yeah and I love that more than anything is when people are able to be like subtly Mm -hmm. straightforward and honest and true and stand in what they're gonna say so I love that strange enough that's where I'm most comfortable these days I don't even know sometimes I look back and I'm like when did this happen (laughs) the parts of me that I that are here now weren't here like a year ago or even five years ago so I'm not sure when it happened but at some point I just got nestled comfortably in this like mm-hmm. whatever prints I'm wearing wrapping this head up wearing this fur like yeah, this is I feel comfortable just yeah. being me I, yeah. yeah acting it's like it's something else it's unapologetic it's to be themselves. so <laughs> yeah. earlier you spoke to like um on how you first started like listening to your favorite artists and your things like that mm-hmm. and how, who are some of your favorite artists that you would listen to to like get you in Oh my God! Inspired to like first start. I'm gonna just throw names out there. Do so it. first of all, I always let everybody know. Let it. I'm gonna break it down so it can forever <laughs> and consistently be broke. The Isley Brothers. Oh, okay. I, was I love that the way. Isley Brothers. Right. Y'all. I'm obsessed with okay. the Isley Brothers. I'm convinced. In a past life, my sister keeps telling me like, "Yo, in a past life, you were a male R&B singer because <laughs> you got some issues." <laughs> well, I am obsessed with the Isley Brothers. Um, the Beatles have inspired me mm-hmm. a great deal. I've mentioned Whitney Houston, Beyonce. Clearly, I love Beyonce not be- only because of her music, 
but her work ethic. Mm-hmm. She is a testament to that. Like, for real, you have a vision and you work your ass off for it, mm-hmm. you can get it. Like, the woman practices all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I respect that because whatever it is, you, you practice... It's gonna become perfect. Yeah, that's true. Her singing um, in her dressing room was off the chain. Like, come on, <laughs> come on. Even just her demeanor generally, it's just like you, you lit. You, you she, great. She works. She just in herself. She in herself. She don't worry about. And that's what else. I would like to master. Just whatever I want, perfect that low. Um, Amy Winehouse, of course. Adele. Um, Anita Baker. Adele. My mom used to play Tony Braxton Anita. all the time. I love Tony. <laughs> um, Classic. Dang, the list could go on and on. Yeah. Um, That's a pretty solid list, I was like, list, I think you got I know, I'm just throwing them out there. I love Kings of Leon as well. Yes. Like, yes. Young the Giant, I listen to a great deal. Um, you listen to Black Keys? Black Keys, thank you. <laughs> Alabama Shakes, oh my gosh. I went through a whole phase where it was just Alabama Shakes. I'm kind of still in that phase. That was my college like, savior. I love that. That was my yeah. college savior. But I'm no, I'm no sucker to the hip-hop either. You know, right yeah. now, really just Kendrick. Um, I love Drake. People judge me sometimes. I, I will never, Drake. I will never disown Drake for the Take Care album. I love Drake for any <laughs> album though. Straight up, I love Drake. Yeah, everyone. You could for me, it was me. Take Care. Like I feel him nowadays, but that Take really, Care was intense. Yeah, it was. It was, it was intense. I hotboxed to every single song <laughs> on that album over and over. So. All right, so let's segue into talking about your album. Yeah. First of all, mm. the title. Yes. <laughs> life, life, death, death, life, life. When I seen the title, I already knew like. Like, that's just who you are. Like, you are very spiritual, mm-hmm. even if you, you're you not trying to be. Because life, death, life is something big. Because to me, when I hear it, it's like, I believe that life is everlasting, mm-hmm. even when you die. Mm-hmm. So I believe you got to take care of your spirit now, but you got to mm-hmm. take care of your spirit for you. Because you're still making a transition after you Absolutely. leave the physical world. Absolutely. So when I seen that title, I was like, I need to know. That's powerful, sis. Yeah. Energy is neither created or destroyed. I've been told from science. <laughs> so in that respect, I completely agree with you. I think that, yeah, we may not have a, a a step-by-step document that we all agree on on what happens when we pass, but something's going on. The energy is going somewhere in some way. Um, so you're right. We got to take care of the spirit today, tomorrow. Every breath we get, it needs to be filled with love. And every breath we give needs to be filled with love. Mm-hmm. Personally, my personal opinion. I agree. I read um, <laughs> Ruby Carr's, oh. oh, I can't remember the name of the book. Our very first one, though, it's a book of poems. But anyway, the gist that I got from it was that in anything that I'm doing, whether I hate it, mm. I should still be doing it with love because yeah. I'm still choosing to do it. And that was the biggest thing for me, like in any instance, because I've been through a lot of stuff, too. We all been through stuff. Yeah. But for me, it's it's easy to venture off into seclusion and just fuck it leave me alone type of thing but it's like no like if anything i should be giving off more love because i know what it's like to hurt Mm -hmm. i know what it's like to be put down not feel like there's no one there so even if me just saying doing a little smile to a little customer Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. do it intentionally absolutely it's definitely a task to be positive like Mm -hmm. you always got to work on yourself first because Having that positivity, if it's not organic, it's actually, it becomes painful. Mm, it really preach. does. So you really got to take care of that. Mm-hmm. When I first heard that, I was just like, it's a cycle. It's a it cycle. It just keeps going. It's a cycle. That's all I thought of. It's a cycle. That's real. That's real. For me, um, I always bring up, and I'm hesitant to do it now, but I'll explain why in a second. Mm-hmm. So 
Life, Death, Life itself, that title, I read uh, Women Who Run With the Wolves. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've read it. If you have not, read it. It took me like a year to finish it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it's thick. But for me, it took a while to read it because I was trying to go back and research everything she mentioned. So it's a it's a book written by Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And it's about the innate, um, what you call it? The innate essence, if you will, of women. And she draws on different myths and stories and whatnot uh, from different cultures mm-hmm. to paint that picture for you. Um, and so I was trying to research a lot of stuff she was talking about. And, you know, that, that just yeah. makes everything so much longer. It's like, yeah. Google, what? What is this? And um, she talks about the life-death life cycle. And it's the same idea, mm-hmm. you know, that um, everything must die. Mm-hmm. But it never really dies. Right. And we have to embrace this, not even embrace, but transform our mentality around death. We look at it very somberly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was really a celebration, like... You can graduate, you go into a whole different level of existence, you know? So um, in my life, I know there have been these little situations and experiences, right, that I hadn't really put to rest. I hadn't allowed them to die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was kind of just trying to, you know, breathe life into them, keep them there. And they really sucking me dry because they no longer serve me. And so I got to this place and it's it's honestly crazy because when I set out to record this project, that was not the intention. <laughs> the intention was very business minded. Like, yo, I'm trying to make these business moves. I got these goals. Yeah. We need to get a, a project that hits all my best songs. Let's go. Yeah. And then that just, I don't even know how or when it was just like, girl, please, we're not doing that. Yeah. You need to heal that. So you're going to do it through this. Yeah. So the project is an EP, seven tracks, one of which is an interlude. And each song in some way is addressing a part of me that I really needed to put to rest and um, so that I could spring forth this new life and, mm-hmm. and go forward whole. Yeah, know, that's dope. Or a little more whole than I was moving. Mm-hmm. Um, stop lying to myself about things and just embrace it head on. Like, sis, yeah. this is what happened, and that's okay. It's time to move on. Yeah. Um, it's, it's still in process. Mm-hmm. I think we have a misconception about healing where it's like, I'm going to sit down and drink this tea, and when I wake up, whoo, it's all good. <laughs> no, it's just not going to work that way. Healing is ongoing. It takes time. Some of these songs I wrote That's about on time. that project are are five years in the making. Like, I wrote Part-Time Lover, like, five or six years ago, mm. and I was still carrying around baggage from that mm. situation. To be honest with you, I still have to wake up and think about that. Like, Lauren, uh-uh, you're not tied to that, to yeah. that action. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Like, it's going to take however long it takes. It's hard. Yeah, it's another thing about being loyal. Mm-hmm. When you're a loyal person, it's so hard to let go of stuff. It is difficult. I deal with that every day. <laughs> it's yeah. difficult. The thing for me is just, uh, like, even if I'm not over it, knowing that I will be, mm-hmm. and, like, just consistently <laughs> focusing on that. So, and it's the hardest thing is allowing yourself the time. People are, we're such an instant world and like everything that we expect our feelings Mm -hmm. to be the same way. And it's like, no, give yourself the time. Give yourself time. So what's your favorite project off the EP? Yeah, I'm about to Um, You know what? (laughs) Let's see, which one can I start with? Uh, Maybe I'll give you three. You can give us a top uh, three. Synopsis. Top three. Um, Because I was just talking about it, I'll start with part-time lover. I think part-time lover is definitely one of my favorites mm-hmm. because it's a mantra. It's a it's an anthem. Mm-hmm. 
wrote that about a situation that took place in college with this guy and it's skeptic even try to explain, right? But just know that it was a person I shouldn't have been dealing with intimately. Mm-hmm. And it was also my very first time dealing with someone in that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just took a toll on me. I don't know what was, I, to be dishonest, I still ain't got some of the answers about it. I was just like, why would I even do that? Yeah. Um, I understood the effects, like why after our situation, I was so heartbroken and, and clingy to it. Because that's me. I'm a I'm a I'm a Pisces. Mm. I'm very empathetic. I feel everything. So I allowed myself to share certain things with him very intimately, but I didn't know this man. Yeah. And so I was given energy and receiving energy that I didn't know nothing about. And um, I was feeling the effects of it. So that was important to me because the situation I walked away with a with a false narrative about myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I had I was doing things that I didn't really respect in retrospect. You know, I was like, that's not in alignment with my truth. I was walking out of alignment, put Mm -hmm. it that way. Um, And I was very hard on myself about it. Mm -hmm. I was very ashamed of it. I was very guilty. And um, I love Part-Time Lover because it's not really, it's not a song to that fool. It's yeah. a song to to those, um, what is, those strongholds is a word I'll use. Those strongholds that took root in me mm-hmm. as a result of that, like, no. I'm not ashamed. I'm not guilty. Yeah. Fuck all of that. This happened. I don't know why it happened, but this is what I learned from it. And I'm nobody's fool. I'm not walking like that no yes. more. Point blank, <laughs> period. And I think that that's very important, you know? Yeah. To uh, pluck those strongholds out by the root. And Grant, you know, don't get me wrong. I wrote a whole bunch of other songs about that situation. But for me, that's how the healing goes. I, I write about it until I don't have to write about it no more. Yeah. So part-time love is important. Um, karma. Karma is one of my favorite songs. I'm not gonna lie. I like the the concept. <laughs> yes. Of it. The karma. I love karma. Yeah, I know people rock to it. it the beat hits. Yeah. But I love karma for the lyrics. Yeah. I thought. I think I wrote the hell out of that song, and um, if you clearly y'all heard it, but for those who <laughs> haven't quite heard it, um, <laughs> karma is about exactly what I said is about karma, about the energy you you putting out there coming back to you. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I, was, I don't like this idea that um, boys will be boys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I know that applies to, you know, I know it applies to everybody. Be responsible for the energy you carry right. and for your own actions. But when I wrote the damn song, it was about that. <laughs> you know, we, we play this game like, oh, you know, boys will be boys. Yeah, they're going to break your heart, girl. You just deal with it and keep pushing. Absolutely no. not. No. no. You need to be held accountable for your actions. If you're a liar, I'm going to call you that. And um, you need to be held responsible for that. If you scat, I'm going to call you that. <laughs> Um, and so I wrote that song specifically about that. And my favorite line is at the beginning when I say, homeless, our waves don't reach shore. Mm, that's crazy, first of all. Our waves don't reach shore. They oh don't. my gosh. It's like, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> homeless waters. And your daughters will look for a man like you, but they'll find me looking mm-hmm. back in the mirror. Yes. 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 Yes.
That's, that's something that right there. It's twofold. I just love that. I love that. Like the same scars you're inflicting on these these women and you do it for sport. That's got a, karma doesn't necessarily, energy got a funny way of returning to you. It may not come back to you. It might come back to your seed. It might mm -hmm. come back to your seed seed. Yep. Which is why you have to be very mindful of your energy. Yep. Can't be salty when your daughter getting played and you was out here playing. <laughs> Or when you grow up with issues because your mama was played, so then you perpetuate that to that girl. We got to heal. <laughs> um, so I love karma for that reason. And it just, I, I, I haven't had a song like that where I sang it and I was like, instantly, yeah. like I got that off my chest. I'm good in a long time. And that's karma for me. Okay. Like, that felt good. <laughs> and last, I would say voodoo. Voodoo's important to me for obvious reasons. Um, it's a song, it's an ode to the um, women of color who have, Pave the way for me through deed or through blood. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Um, I don't think we we are celebrated enough, and our stories aren't celebrated enough. Yeah. Um, our mothers aren't celebrated enough. Our grandmothers aren't celebrated enough. So that was my first sort of shot, if you will, <laughs> at um, showing my love and appreciation for it for them and myself, because I'm but a manifestation of what has come before me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. If I had to choose three. Yeah. So yeah you, I can tell um, <laughs> that just by watching you perform part-time lover that you were going to say that one. Uh, you performed that one at the Cincinnati Entertainment Awards. Ooh, 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 I sure did. I was excited. And mostly, <laughs> yes, I was excited for you, but I was also excited for Cincinnati because apparently that was the 20th one and that was the first time I heard about it. <laughs> and I was like, what I know, I looked at that. I'm this? like, they've been doing this for 20 years? Yes. But, but I mean... We, I don't, I don't know even that. know if we have one in Dayton. So I was like, kudos to Cincinnati right, for that. Right. No, but, but I was happy for that. Mm -hmm. But at the performance, you sang a song. It was your last song, and mm -hmm. it's called Puddles. And you mentioned how, what well, at the time, uh, it was for those who had experienced or were victims of sexual abuse. And mm -hmm. I was talking to you earlier how that's a topic that's like near to me. And um, when you were practicing, because we when you're trying it on your clothes, you practice it. I didn't know that it was like where it came from, but I just loved the melody and the, it, for some reason it stuck. And I want, I want to hear you talk about that one a lot. Well, Petals, first of all, thank you. It's one of my favorites too. Yeah. Petals, um, I wrote Petals. I always like give this spiel before I perform it for the most part. <laughs> and I'm low key lying. Cause I don't exactly remember how many months, but yeah. it was like two months postpartum or like three. Yeah. I literally was like cutting a demo with my baby on my nipple, Aww. breastfeeding. Like that's how trill it is. Yeah. Um, but so at the time, a few things that inspired it. First of all, my conflicting feelings as a woman after giving birth. I was just like, what the hell is going on in life? I'm a mom. I'm a musician. We know artist life is struck life for a long time. So it's like, what what is this? Um, I was going through personal issues, if you will, with um, the father of my child and just family dynamics generally. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of things were just being called into question for me. And I had just given birth. So those hormones and everything are just mm -hmm. out of whack. And I'm like, what is going on? So I was watching a lot of TV too. <laughs> and I um, saw this story about the twins, Tia and Tamara. Mm -hmm. One of them yeah. had just given birth. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how overwhelmingly stressed she was to 
lose weight. She felt this pressure to lose weight because the blogs were talking about I saw that. Yeah, how <laughs> chubby she was yeah. and stuff. I'm like, sis, you just gave birth. Like, yeah. what? And that really just got me in a frenzy because I was feeling the same way. And I, I was angry and feeling that way by myself. Like, honey, you just brought life into this world and yeah. you are stressed to go work out. Like, what are we, what yeah. is going on? So initially, when I sat down to write it, it was my fuck you mm-hmm. to that. Like, hold on, y'all. What are we What are we doing wrong in a society where the giver of life cannot celebrate yeah. giving life? Yeah. That's wild, yeah. wild, wild. Um, but as music does, it opened the door, if you will. It blossomed, the song. Um, it became an ode to not just that particular element of my womanhood, but every particular element of my womanhood and every particular element of the womanhood of the women surrounding me. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling you earlier, it's sort of, it's a, that song is a, sh- is a, a shift, what's it called? A shapeshifter. Okay. You know, it, it can take on many meanings. It, it mm-hmm. takes on many meanings. It takes on many faces, um, similar to women. Yeah. We are so much. Yeah. <laughs> And so we know all this shit is going on in the news with um, these these men in power um, sexually abusing and harassing women, which, you know, I'm over here tightening up my dress because I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. there ain't nothing new under the sun. It's been women going on. Yeah. I'm women so grateful women. that women are feeling empowered to speak out about it. Mm-hmm. But this is not new. Yeah. It's so old, it's disgusting. Like, this has been going on yeah. forever. I looked at my dad today. I was like, did they just think they could just do this? Because yep. a lot mm-hmm. of them, they're they saying, did. you know, they're like, they're apologizing and saying they didn't realize how wrong they were. Mm-hmm. It's like, but what did you think you were doing? You're yeah. giving yourself entitlement over mm-hmm. somebody else's body. You're Which is intense, person, right? Because you're touching that person like you ain't wrong. You should be wrong in it's general. It's interesting, though, because on one level, not to excuse it, there is no yeah. excuse for it. Um, on one level, we see it like that, and that is what it is. There's no other way to see it, in my opinion, that you're wrong. Yeah. And you should know you're wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not surprised you don't know you're wrong. Yep. Because society has taught you that this is how it's you okay. should live, that this is your role, that this is yeah. okay. Yeah. And that our roles are to be abused at your hands. Yep. So it's like... We we gotta we got to come at somebody higher up. Yeah. We gotta change this shift from the from the top higher down. Up. You know, higher up and lower down. True. Because you see the Trill. parents who, and this is just on a very innocent level. You know, adults who see a little cute little boy. Oh, that's my little boyfriend. You're already perpetuating mm-hmm. to that little yep. boy the the idea of girlfriend and boyfriend. Mm-hmm. The only girlfriend and boyfriend they should really know is their mama and daddy. <laughs> that's yeah. how I feel. Right. So it's just okay. little stuff like that. And then, of course, the people above who are entitled and they've been entitled their whole life. That's how their whole society is made up, like, in general. Like, the old money, especially, and I'm not going to put a race to it because there's a lot of messed up people, even though a dude, Mm -hmm. you know, there's more rich, wealthy white men than anything that probably got their name on that ticket. But at the same time, it's just the entitlement of these, this old money, it's it's a big problem. But at the same time, on a lower level in our communities, Mm-hmm. It's been a problem that still exists Absolutely. as well. Mm-hmm. Which lets you know it's. I mean, like you said, money and power is very important. Is a very important uh, role played in this, but patriarchy in itself is problematic. And to be trill, you ain't really got to be rich to be a misogynist. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So even you know, especially in our community, in the black community. Sexual abuse and rape been going on forever. Oh, forever. And we keep that shit silent. Forever. We like, just don't you know? 
Yeah, yep. I'm not yep. going to spill my own family business, but yep. I know that that took place in my family. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's our very, the very women who are supposed, this is not victim blaming, um, the very women who are supposed to um, protect their children mm-hmm. end up protecting mates Mm-hmm. that are in the household abusing their mm-hmm. children and and even that that's a whole different yeah. whole different that's thing we got to we gotta get into but you, you see that the systems are still, so intense it's, it's everywhere like yeah um, even with my family and i ain't gonna put their business out there either but you know mm-hmm. you got people who experience that mm-hmm. and they don't talk about it mm-hmm. don't talk about and then when you find out something else happened you looking like well what happened mm-hmm. and with my um well, my mother, she's very vocal on what happened to her. Mm. And so I give her all the credit. But yeah. at the same time, there's still those other... It's just a shame behind the whole topic in general. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I can understand why. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, I get it from like a personal aspect. But then there's also just instances where like you don't want to just... Where you want to talk, but there's not necessarily a platform. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that there's not anyone there for you. But it's like... Sometimes you just have to internalize it for yourself mm-hmm. and talk to yourself because that's still talking it out. That's real. People think that just because you talk to yourself, that makes you crazy. No, you have to live with you. So sometimes speaking it out for yourself is the best way to go Absolutely. about it. It is you're still getting it out no matter what. That energy is still coming out yeah. into the world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, too, just from other people, is um, it's perspective. You know, it's not just what they learn. Mm-hmm. It's literally how their mind grasps things Mm. and that's another issue too as far as like what we call quote mental illness Mm -hmm. you can't necessarily always be mad or feel a preference towards i don't want to say victimizers but the victimizers Mm. because it could literally just be like that is the way that they view it Mm -hmm. and it's not seen as wrong i think so it's like go ahead I was just going to say, I think with the platform now, with what's coming out, is the beautiful thing is it's yeah. giving all of that conversation. Yeah. yeah. This is the first time where we've ever seen anything like that. Absolutely. And it's yeah. holding people accountable. Yeah. Like whether you're in a black community, whether you're white, anything, it doesn't matter because you got people coming out. Now you got mm-hmm. the Harvey Weinstein, you got the Russell Simmons. Everyone. Oh it's gosh, indifferent right. to me. I'm looking at them both yeah. like, what's really going what's on? What's going on? You got two <laughs> levels of conversations happening. Like, we got to heal the survivors mm-hmm. and help you, you know, recover from such a traumatic situation and let you know, like, this is not your fault in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And then we also have to educate the perpetrators. Mm-hmm. Like, what made you think this was okay? <laughs> you know what it I'm saying? Yeah. Funny, there's but always, every time there's somebody always... say that, it's like, what really to... made you think that was okay? Like, yeah, really? that's what it, I always try to, like, in anything, though, is like, what is that deciding factor? Absolutely. Like, what was it that was like, okay. And that's like with anything, whether yeah. it's like what toothpaste you use, like what Besides is it, like what, what is it that is making and you? And some of it is insidious choose. in nature. Some of some of these motherfuckers are just downright yeah. nasty, yeah. evil people. Yeah, ain't no other word for it. Yeah, and you can figure it out. Like okay, oh, so you just you just scum, cool, for real, yeah. all right? Like <laughs> we got that. But for some people, like you said, like they really think it's okay. Yeah. They're going to assume they love. It's yeah. like whatever it's they like want, that's... they want it. It don't matter if it's their daughter. Mm-hmm. It don't matter it if it's whoever they want it. Yeah. And that's crazy. But wherever you are on that spectrum, yeah. you have to be held accountable. You do. Yep. And I think we should all just dedicate ourselves to make sure we that do. happens. And we definitely <laughs> have to really also say, even though you know the big thing is mainly women coming out, I do want to give just that preface to 
the young men who have been Absolutely. abused because there's a lot yep. of them. And the mm-hmm. culture is really flawed when it comes to men just because mm-hmm. it's sec- young men are sexualized at a younger age because you got you got 12-year-olds yeah. and 11-year-olds thinking it's cool to have sex with yeah. their babysitter. Like they should be and doing it. And in all reality, it's if it's I'm sick. the mama and that situation happened, I'm ready to take somebody out. <laughs> you already know. And we gotta, we gotta really focus on teaching these young men as well, like, mm-hmm. to treat their bodies as temples. Absolutely. And a couple so. men that came out, I totally gonna shout them out and give them mad respect for that. What's his name? Terry Crews Terry and Cruz. Anthony Rapp. Yeah. So, respect to that. And I think there needs to be more of a platform where you know men feel comfortable mm-hmm. to express that again yeah. it's society that kind of you know that's one thing we could be proud of though i feel like like recently with society like there's still some gems out there mm-hmm. where all some is gems. not lost so some gems <laughs> from the so like from the song pedals and what would you say it was one of your favorite like stanzas or lines out of the mm. song oh you know what it's hard yeah <laughs> because, because pedals is really a story yeah you know what i'm saying i think that as you, you were saying this earlier sometimes women men alike who've gone through traumatic situations like mm-hmm. this they don't have the words you know we want them to speak out about it but it takes time because like so you gotta heal you gotta yeah. figure out what's going on it's it's intense it is an intense healing process especially yeah. when you don't have the tools yeah. to help you heal so for pedals, like I felt like I was speaking for them and mm-hmm. myself, you know, in abstract ways. I'm yeah. comparing the whole thing to a flower. Yeah. But from the top to bottom, the song touches me because it's it's addressing not just the personal but the system at large. Like it started with this. The, I was obsessed with lilies when I when I gave birth. I, I don't know lilies. why. And I had these lilies in the kitchen. And I rolled up on this flower. I was like, man, it's still it's still hanging in there. It's beautiful. I touched the flower and the petals just dropped. Oh. It was an illusion. That it thing was, was dead. It was hanging out. <laughs> I said, oh my gosh. And like the song flashed before my eyes. I was like, because <laughs> you know, as women, we are often given these words and roles that don't in any way benefit us. Like, oh, she's just a flower, little princess, and all these things that are like, Ah, uh, but that's not it. I'm Girl, not. A strong I'm, woman is a ride or die woman. Mm-mm. I'm a woman. I got emotions. I got beaten heart. Pluck the petals. Get that out yeah. of here. Like, don't play me. Um, <laughs> so it's hard for me to choose a specific line, if you will, because yeah. the story in itself is just so important and powerful to me. Mm-hmm. But if I had to absolutely choose, I'd choose two. Okay. Maybe three. <laughs> First verse. Um, oh, yeah. So I say step by step by. Start to realize, I ain't got no leaves, I ain't got no vines, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, well, man's <laughs> got me again. Uh, man's got God in the mirror, defending his image. Finger on the trigger, fat finger on the trigger. Mm. Power to name, power to own, and powerless flowers that bow at their thrones. Oh, I got nice. chills just talking about it. Because those are things that I grapple with as a woman that really frustrate me. This goes back, you know, man, um, God, I should say, is is male from what we're taught from a very early age. So we immediately, amongst other problematic mm-hmm. <laughs> facts, if you will, on God, quote unquote, I got quote fingers, yeah. y'all. Quote. <laughs> um, so we are, we automatically from an early age identify God with male. Mm-hmm. But last time I checked, spirit ain't got no gender, no sex, if you will. So that don't make sense at all. Um, but that line, man's got God in the mirror. He looking in the mirror, he see God. Like, this is, you cool. Yeah. When, when you look in the mirror, what are we supposed to see? 
Mm. <laughs> what do we see? Right. We see, you know, other than the skept stories that are, are in the Bible that are around women. Yeah. You know, we see some skept things versus what you see. So that's already problematic. We're already taught to bow at your throne. Mm-hmm. So that's got a, I got a problem with that. And that line's important to me because that's that's directly for me. Like, mm-hmm. that's not right for anybody else. That's like something I grapple with. Like, yeah. how you get to see God in the mirror and I don't, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and and if that is God that you're looking at, whew, that's a skept God. Yeah. That's a real skept God that's going to tell me <laughs> yes. that I'm less than, <laughs> that, I, that this is my role. I don't want to be abused God, yeah that's not that's not <laughs> maybe we got two that. different gods because i don't want no parts of that um but i think the most important part of the song is the chorus yeah plug these pedals give me beating hard 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 plug these pedals give me beating I'm, a, I'm an emotional person. <laughs> My bad. It's okay. Um, I share that, that trait. <laughs> Pluck these petals, give me beating heart. I won't settle. Take me as I are. Mm-hmm. That's the most important part of the song. Yeah. It's a it's a declaration. Like I'm letting you know this. Like I'm not playing no games. We're gonna pluck these pl- petals. I'm not. Don't call me flower, baby girl. None of that. I have a name. You'll address me as such. Mm-hmm. Um. I won't settle. Like, this is not nigga, up for negotiation. This is not a conversation. <laughs> um, you are going to take me as I are. And I intentionally, yes, it rhymed, but I yeah. intentionally used R at that point because it's... It's multiple. It's multiple. Mm-hmm. You feel me? This is womankind yeah. that I'm talking about. <laughs> not just me. Yes, yeah, I'm talking about this, but this is for all of us, all of the queens out here. Yeah. This is our declaration and this is where we stand, so... Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love pedals. Thank you for that. Thank you. I do too. I hope it heals somebody out there. Well, Lauren, you have not only mm-hmm. so many layers to you, but you also have so many things going on. So what is coming up for you? Um, I'm pretty sure you're going to let this project sit a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what, what you got going on? I thought, hold on. I thought you were about to say, you got so much going on with your outfit. <laughs> no, that's to be like, it's just the patterns. It's fine. It no, works. I love the outfit. I love the outfit. I'll say that. Lauren been out here doing her thing. Oh, for but, sure. Um, but yeah. yeah. Everywhere. I'll just be wearing Rightfully myself. so, though. I, just put clothes on. It's fine. That's pretty much it. That's exactly <laughs> what I did this morning. I said, you know what? I'm feeling real. I lit some candles. I spent some time by myself. Yeah. I said, oh. I'm stepping out today. I'm yeah. just gonna put my hair scarf. I didn't feel like doing my hair, and it worked. Mm-hmm. I feel like a little queen. It you, did. Are. <laughs> you are. But I would say up next, to be honest with y'all, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. I got a lot of things that I'm planning right now for 2018 mm-hmm. um, for my career, and it's hard for me because so much of what I do in music is so personal. I'm mm-hmm. not one of those. I just mm-hmm. had a conversation recently about this. I'm not one of those artists who. Um, you know, throw a different name on myself and and just make these songs about things that yeah. I don't know nothing about. I'm not opposed <laughs> to singing songs that I don't know nothing about. Don't get me wrong. If it is a good vibe, let's sing it. But generally, it's all coming from a very authentic place. If it's mm-hmm. not a personal experience, it's something that I've experienced secondhand watching somebody else. <laughs> That's still so experiencing it. It is, it. you know? And so it's difficult in a way, especially right now, because I'm coming into this new space mm-hmm. as a woman. And mm-hmm. And spiritually, it's, it's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. But I also have to keep pushing with my career and as a musician. So we're planning some things after 2018. I know a tour is coming next year. Oh. My second tour. <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep everyone posted on that as it comes. Please do. We'll but before that tour pops off, I'll just be doing some more um, local appearances live throughout the city nice. um, with my budding band. 
And um, I'm hopping back in the studio yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. That's and that's up, just man. to just keep, you know, keep it fresh. Keep laying stuff down. If you need some extra oohs and ahs I will hit you up. <laughs> I will hit you up, sister. Um, so basically just keeping this creative wheel going, if you will. Like I said, definitely doing tour. Back in the studio on Tuesday. And I'm also working on a um, creative visual for okay. Life, Death, Life. Yes. Very excited about it. I'll have a visual for every song on the project. Mm-hmm. And it's important to me because I feel like just how we've discussed some of these songs, people connect with my music on a deeper level when they can see the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I want everybody to walk away with their own interpretation, don't get me wrong. But if you see where I was coming from with it, you I feel like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna mess with it just a little bit more. Like, oh that's what she was talking about. Yeah. You know? That's always important. So the other last thing too that I didn't want to mention you were a lead singer on the song for the memory that mm-hmm. launched their video on black friday um so you guys it's <laughs> you guys can check that out for their memory.org but it's posted on our instagram um army of dreamers media group can you i want to know like personally mm. what was that experience for you and why you chose to do that just quickly because that's kind of the topic is really heavy and mm-hmm. i think when you involve yourself in a project like that it has to be for a reason yeah so, well, if I'm going to be completely honest, at first, um, I was just like, you know, I'm all up for collaborative work. Yeah. Let's well, just, okay, let's see what's kind of pop. Yeah. Um, if I don't like it, I won't be a part of it. And if I yeah. do, it's going to be cool. Sure. But it definitely got deep real quick. Yep. <laughs> Which, if I, you know, just be straightforward and um, to the point, is why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. Now, I've done some collaborative work with mm-hmm. some people and, you know. <laughs> You didn't hear it, <laughs> you know, like or, that. or, you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't push it necessarily. Like, and that's mm-hmm. no shade. It's just some things you do and then it's finished and you're like, oh, it's not necessarily in alignment with me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll finish it. Maybe we'll post yeah. it or whatever. But this was different because it was very much in alignment with myself and that they were taking something very real, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. On an emotional level, mm-hmm. the same way I talk about, um, the scars of, of love and life and all that. Yeah. Um, they were taking something very real that we we all are part of in some way. Yep. And managed to translate it into music in a way that was very touching and wasn't cheesy, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we try to do songs like that, that 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 are telling you a story, mm-hmm. um, are trying to raise awareness, if you will, bring awareness to a certain topic. Mm-hmm. And it comes off very, like, oh, <laughs> let's not have people in sweatshops. Like, <laughs> yeah. eh, it's not yeah. quite it. But to be able to articulate something so deep, you know, being aware and conscious of of what's of the clothes that you're wearing mm-hmm. and the the lives and experiences of those who are creating that. Yeah. Because um, they're I part think, of that story. Yeah. We, like, we all are. Like, yeah. And so being able to translate that into music in a way that can actually touch, mm-hmm. you had me a hello. Okay. So for me, <laughs> so for me, that's why I was, um, that's something that I was just very um, proud. I am very proud to be a part of, especially yeah. with the music video only takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah. We was proud just to be extras. You know, I know. Like, let's, let's just be it's, extras. It's very well the, executed. It's very well executed. Point. Like it's, it touches on a very so deep level so I, I, it's something I'm very proud of I'm very proud to be a part of yeah. and I'm very proud to continue to share uh, with those who follow my music um, 
because that's the kind of work I want to be a part of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, music is good. We want people to feel good. We want people to dance, but we want people to heal and we want people to know and we want people to learn and yep. we want people to change. Yes. So. She's we can find you and your music and all those for those who don't know well you all you can visit www.laurenelise.com that's e-y-l-i-s-e um my music is also available on itunes apple music what title spotify uh (laughs) and basically google play Uh, amazon streaming platform any digital music store or streaming platform you can get Lauren Elise right now. Um, and again, if you visit my website, laurenelise.com, you can join my mailing list and stay up to date on any uh, new jazzy things that pop up. Nice. And as for Army of Dreamers, again, you can follow our Instagram, AOD Media Group. Same thing on Facebook. Yes, <laughs> same thing on Facebook. We will have a website up soon, but you know how I go. We kind of in that new era, so we trying to connect more than we mm-hmm. build in right now. I mean, we trying to build and connect, so it takes time. Um, we don't want to throw no nothing out there just to throw it either, so. But my last words would be, Lauren, I am thankful and grateful for this sit down with you. Um, I do think that speaking to you only highlights what you put out to the world. You're yeah. very authentic. I don't see or sense any bit of phoniness or... Um, inauthenticness coming from you yeah which is dope because <clears throat> you're doing big things and I, I feel like army of dreamers excuse me y'all I'm, com- I'm recovering from a cold <laughs> i feel like army of dreamers aims to connect with people who really have meaning mm-hmm. who have purpose and this is just a blessing for us i feel like to sit down with somebody like you and be able to not only give you kudos on your journey but be a part of like part witnessing of your journey yeah. so i just want to say thank you for sitting down with us Thank you for having me. Episode two. On the mic, Lauren Elise.